Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer Podcast. I'm very excited to share what this particular podcast series is all about. Today, we have a fantastic guest, and we'll get into Robin in just a moment. Uh, this special series it has to do with our collaboration with the XPRIZE Foundation, which is a competition. And this particular Feed the Billing competition is a $15 million purse prize that's involved in alternative protein, sustainability, and really, really in the future food, taking things to the next level, next level. It's actually very exciting. So we have this unique series that we're doing with the organization. And so far, we had a couple of guests. We have more guests. And today, we have a finalist. And so before we get into the finalist, um, I just want to tell you about myself. I'm Bruce Singer, the, the founder and CEO of Canada CFOs, which provides part-time CFOs and fractional CFOs Again, to the same space, food, agriculture, food tech, alternative protein, health and wellness. That's a space we play in as well. So things are all aligned. All the dots are aligned. And it's very exciting. And I want to share today uh, the guests we have. It, it, Robin Robin Simza. Welcome, Robin, to the podcast. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for the invitation. All good. So I'm going to tell you a bit about Robin. Robin, again, Robin's organization is a finalist in the $15 million competition. Uh, more about Robin. He's the founder and CEO of of of, of uh, Revo Foods. He's also achieved and won the thirty under thirty award from Forbes, which is awesome. Congratulations! That's not, that's not, that's, that is not easy to do. Um, they're the first company to bring three D printed foods into supermarkets. Oh, you lost you. Are you there? I, I got to get back on the. Uh, I can't hear you. Ah, uh, uh, so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. We have it in there. This is all natural. So yeah, this is a natural good. podcast. We got him back. <laughs> very good. Okay, all good. So uh, going back, they're the first company to bring three D printed foods into supermarkets, and frankly, that's got my curiosity. Uh, so he's going to show you what exactly three D printed foods is all about. We're going to get to that. Um, he he has received over three hundred citations in the field of biotech and food technology, um, an incredible individual. And uh, he's lived and worked in over in over eight countries globally around the world. So there's a lot going on. And uh, Robin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to have you. It's yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, Bruce. It's great being here. So before we're going to get to some things. Is Tell us about Revo Foods. What's Revo Foods all about? And, and I like it to get to the point. What is 3D printed food all about? Because when I go to the supermarket, I don't know from nothing. Okay, I'm a consumer. <laughs> okay, I just oh. go. I go buy my food. So I'm, you got course. my curiosity. I'm sure you got the the uh, the curiosity of the audience. So tell us about Revo Foods. Sure. So basically, we started out with the idea that there are already a bunch of meat alternatives out there. And they're really good to, to achieve a more sustainable diet, right? Like we all know, meat, meat products are not, not the most sustainable thing. There's many products, uh, products that have problems with sustainability in this category. So if you have meat alternatives based on plants, you can have a real big impact on the environment. However, we need to convince more consumers to try them and to eat them regularly. Because right now, consumers are not convinced enough. So this was our hypothesis. The current products on the market are not good enough and we need to find a new process technology in order to improve their quality. This is where we started all out at Revo Foods about four years ago and our hypothesis was that you need to find a new mechanism to combine muscle fibers like you know them from meat together with the 
fat compartments that are also very crucial for the taste and the mouthfeel of meat. Current process technology just couldn't achieve something like this. So we developed a completely new process based on, indeed, 3D printing, but in an industrial setup, where we can, for the first time, incorporate fat, uh, a fat component into a um, protein fiber matrix, proteins from plants. And this sounds maybe a bit technically complex, but this is a revolutionary concept which can change the way we we produce this this alternatives forever, I believe, because it just increases the, the sensory level so much. It makes it much more authentic, much more realistic. And this is basically, yeah, <laughs> in short, the, the story of Forever well, Foods and what our mission is. Well, so I just want to get back to the 3D. So when I go, it's very, it is, you're right, it is very technical, you know? When I go when I go to a store and I buy I buy it's on the supermarket. What am I? Does it look the same? Does it feel the same? Does it look the same? Like, does mm-hmm. it matter? Like, like it tastes the same? Is that kind of all these things come into play? Like taste. The whole yes. The whole idea is that we want to make it taste as similar as possible to conventional meat or fish. In our case, we start with fish. We start with a salmon fillet because it's probably the most complex product you can create out there so it's the best showcasing for this next level technology because if you can create the hardest one then people really believe that you got it i think Uh, it's the ultimate proof and um i mean i would say right now it's the first prototype right we developed a completely new technology completely new new prototype so we're not 100 percent there yet for sure i must be dishonest but it already tastes great it's a really good product and we will get much better over time and this is the important thing i think not where you're standing right now, but how quick you improve. It's almost like, like, what, what's, why the word 3D printing? Is it like, is it like 3D printing? <laughs> yeah, it is a 3D printing process. We developed a completely new machine, a completely new hardware. Wow. We have about 10 engineers, industrial designers, etc. We tested all kinds of configurations of uh, how to best deposit material, how to have the kinematics of the printer move best. We developed a completely new machine because there was nothing available on the market that could do this kind of operation that we needed. So in the process, in the last three years, we had many failures. Many times we went the wrong way also, but this all helped us to learn and to improve the final the final process and the final, final product. So now we, we just released last month, actually, the first 3D printed product that is ever available on supermarket shelves, which is our salmon filet after three years of R&D. And this is really a, um, like a massive milestone for us because it shows the world indeed that 3D footprinting is not just a weird fantasy or a strange idea, but it's actually a reality by now. And it will have a big impact on the food industry as a whole. Of course. But is this something that could be 3D printing? Is it as simple? It could be that anywhere in the world, like once the tech, like you have your own unique technology, you just need a plug. Is that really much what it comes down to? And you, you... I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a production machine, like similar, like any other mm. process in the food industry. But yeah, you can Good you can you. do it anywhere. It works. For you. It works Good everywhere. So, <laughs> so other thing, how did you get? How did you get into this stuff? <laughs> yeah. like, there's a journey. There's there's got to be a journey that's taken place as the CEO, oh. as the founder. And so, can you share the evolution, your personal story, your personal evolution? Mm-hmm. How you got to how you got to this phase? Of course. So for me personally, I studied food technology and biotechnology as an undergrad, right? Yep. And then I was looking around, what are the opportunities that you can do there? And many people go to the pharma industry or let's say the traditional food industry. However, that was also around the time and the first cultured meat hamburger 
was released. If you remember the first cultured meat hamburger that was in 2013 in the Netherlands, a researcher that showcased like how you can make meat based from stem cells from animals. And the idea immediately caught on to me. I was, I was fixated on this. I was like, wow, this is where I want to dedicate my career towards. So actually I, I did a PhD in this subject. I learned all about why meat is like meat, why the fibers of meat are so essential, why, like what molecules play a role. Like I was very much involved into this. And, and during the PhD program, I saw that everybody is producing products with the same technology, more or less, and the same ingredients. So I was like, okay, how do we reach the next level? How do we make it better? Like in a really large step. And that's where, um, where I saw that this whole cuts, they're really not there yet. Things like the steak, things like the, the fillet. And that 3D printing was, or still is, a relatively new technology, also 3D bioprinting. That's what I was working with. And I thought, hey, maybe this works well. I don't know. If you try to recreate the tissues of something like fish, the, f- the fat and the protein part, why shouldn't it work with a bioprinter? Like, and I tried it together with two colleagues in the laboratory, more for fun, just for fun in the beginning. But then pretty quick, we came to a point where we saw, hey, that actually might make sense. Maybe we're not, we're not that crazy trying something like this. And that's the point where we decided, hey, let's try making a company around this. Maybe, maybe it works. Maybe it's a crazy idea. Who knows? But now, three years later, like we just launched the first product and I'm very happy that we tried in the beginning and we had the, the faith in, in this technology and in ourselves, I think. I'm sure. How many people are involved in your project, in your company? How many people you got? Now we're about 42, I believe. Wow. Um, this is, this yeah, is, which heavy. this is, it's, all, is it's almost all R and D. Am I right? It's all, it's heavy on the, it's R&D. a bit more than, it's a bit more than half R and D, but you also, if you start selling and you need a lot of finance operations, sales, uh, marketing, all of this. So that's also a considerable part of the company. Well, good for you. Wow. Good for, good for you. Congrats. Good for you. So let's get to let's get to the point. So you have the company now, and then a few years ago, like all of a sudden, how did the whole X Prize thing come into play? Like, how did you had because you know when you start the company three you start four years ago, four years, uh, four years was the first idea, and like two and a half years, three years ago, we incorporated the company. But going back, I think going back the the X Prize, you're already in it for probably two or three years already, right? Three years now, you're into the X. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. How did how did you uncover how did that evolve? How did you get involved in XPRIZE? Well, I remember first read it in a newsletter when we weren't even an incorporated company, when we hadn't raised any money yet. So I read in a news in a newsletter like XPRIZE competition feed the next billion. It's about making the best vegan fish fillet or chicken breast. And I was like, wow, that's exactly what we're trying to do. That would be perfect for us to to try to match with other companies and hopefully win a prize. So um, but the entry fee was like, I don't know, two, three thousand dollars, which at this time when we didn't raise any money was a lot for us. So I was like, oh, I hope we raise money soon and then we can participate. <laughs> and thankfully, we then later um, raised some money and I was like, oh, we need to compete in this X Prize. It's a really good opportunity for us. And there were 350 um, applications, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And we were selected as one of them. So I was so I was really happy to, to see that. And um, in the beginning, we were 30, 30 companies. And now, after the semifinals, which took place um, earlier this year, it's six companies left, including us. And now next July are the finals, where it's for the big price of $7 million. So really, really exciting. And we all work super hard to make the best salmon fillet possible for this competition. That's incredible. So what have you learned dealing with XPRIZE? The, the journey with that, has there been any, without giving away any trade secrets, uh, is there anything that you can share about because you're in it for three years, in it for three years. What, 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 ha, what has, 
how has it changed the company? How is it? It's got. It's got to have had to have an impact. How is it? How has it evolved? How has it changed? What have you learned? For sure. I mean, basically, it forced us to really focus on making the best possible fillet because we also have some early products which we released because we knew we will take some time for 3D printing. So we released before some products in supermarkets that are not 3D printed, um, which are also great product for us to test the market, get um, logistic and supply chain up and running, get operations up and running, um, get our brand up and running. Um, but the experts really helped us to focus most of our resources fully on the, the fillet and getting the best possible fillet. And I believe we wouldn't have been this fast and we wouldn't have been able to launch it in supermarkets now as we did if it wasn't for the X price. So I'm very grateful that we had the opportunity to participate in. So it's really, it's really, it's really, it's really pushed you, you know? Yes, 100%. Really, I think because it's, it's also deadlines. significant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and it's also a significant price, really. I mean, it's, it's major. Um, yeah, it's six companies left. The first one gets seven million. The second one gets two million. The third one gets one million, and that's really, really significant money, I believe, or everybody should believe. And so it's really an incentive, a big one. So what? So let's get back to the company for a minute, uh, Revo Revo Foods. Um, mm-hmm. we'll ask you, there, there's got to be some milestones. You said recently you mentioned uh, uh, that it's now in supermarkets. How did you? I love to hear about the milestones. Like, how did you convince? Because, like, how did you convince the supermarket to take it? <laughs> sure. Like, so, like uh, uh, how did you, there's got to be a story there. Like, share, share sure. some milestones along the way. Yeah. So we're in the supermarket with this early product that I mentioned before for about two years now already. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and we got into the supermarket. It's actually one of the biggest in the German-speaking area of Europe. Uh, because we took part in the Austrian version of Shark Tank, which is a TV show where you pitch in front of investors. Oh. And this big supermarket is actually one of the biggest sponsors of the shows here in Austria. So when we came there with our first product and uh, the investors tried it, some people wanted to invest. And the supermarket was like, wow, that's, that's a really cool innovation. We give you some shelf space to, to showcase it to the world. And that was really the starting point where we entered supermarkets. And now we're in Supermarkets also in Sweden, in supermarkets in Portugal, in supermarkets in Czech Republic, in Slovakia, in Germany. So it really moved. That's uh, incredible. That's incredible because one of the challenges is commercialization to get it to the consumer's hands. Of course, yeah. And with a with a FMCG product, like it's uh, really really challenging to get distribution, to get reach, especially if you have limited marketing spend. But this is, I think, where advanced technology comes into play because we're really focusing most of our energy on not having the best marketing messages maybe, but having the best possible product. And I think this is the key there because there's, I mean, consumers just really want to eat what, what tastes good. And many of the yeah, products in the past, yeah. Yeah. and probably including ourselves, have under-promised, uh, under-delivered on this promise. And we all need to do better, including ourselves, with our products to, to get better and better tasting products. Because taste at the end is everything, I believe. Many people talk about price, yeah. nutrition, all of this is important. But if it doesn't taste good, nobody will buy it again. And nobody will eat it again. And also, it's taste. It's also the texture, the texture, the feel, all these things, how it looks. And and what any other, what else has happened? You said there was something a month ago that that's happened recently achieved. Can you share that? I mean, we launched we launched now the the fillet inspired by salmon, as we call it, which is the first ever three D printed product from us and the first ever three D printed product from anyone in the world that has landed on supermarket shelves. So this is really a big big milestone for the whole 
for the whole industry of 3D footprinting, I would say. And as you mentioned, the texture is very important. And this is where this 3D printing technology really comes into play. Because with this technology, you can really fine-tune the texture and make this flakiness of fish very, very authentic. Because you can fully control how you apply the material and what strength and what um, what density and how what layer height or similar things. Like it's it's it gives you full control over the structuring process of food, and this is a game changer to proceed with this technology. You have full freedom. That is incredible. Is this something to what as you you're getting it down to your mastering it? You know, you evolve. Is this something where you where to scale it worldwide? Do you, do you just put a factory in any country with the with the with the with the technology? Is that how it works? Is it that simple? Is it that in theory? Simple? I mean, it's it's really like any other food processing technology. We're not doing magic. We're not doing anything crazy. Like it's a it's um it's a manufacturing process, an industrial manufacturing process for food that is very comparable to anything else that exists in the world. It's just a different approach that we took, and maybe a more advanced approach. But otherwise, nobody should be get intimidated just because it's like a 3d process it's the same thing we've always done for the last decades just that now we have this 3d movement to it to create more complex products but otherwise nothing in terms of the food changes or gets worse or something like this we still have great protein content great omega-3 because many people are often concerned oh 3d footprinting that sounds strange i don't like it and i always try to remember remind people um it's it's literally the same like how we produce chocolate for the last 50 years, like the same system. It's, it's really nothing that is that should scare you. It's just that we have a movement component. That's all. Otherwise, it's all sure. the same like before. But, you know, people, you know, not, nobody likes change. You know, they don't understand it, right? But five years from now, it could become mainstream. It, it, things, things evolve, you know, things evolve. But I want to ask, I want to get, get something. So you're in the competition with XPRIZE. Mm-hmm. The money. What are you going to mm-hmm. do with the money? <laughs> okay. I guess the better question is how's it going to how's it going to evolve? How does it impact your business? Like, what's if you you win now? What's next? Perfectly. I mean, we raised about seven million euro to date. So if now we would win an additional seven million US dollar, like that would be massive for us because this would allow us to really invest heavily in the next upscaling steps, into the next production steps, into improving our technology and. And to be clear, like it's not software that we're doing. We're doing hardware. So it is, of course, a bit capital intensive. I also think that the opportunities are great and that the returns are great if it all works out. But but it is, of course, very risky. And I love to take risks. Like I, I love it because everything that is worth like worth trying is risky, I think, at the end. And so this money, of course, would mean the world to us because it would allow us to finally get to the next stage where we bring this to industrial volumes, this technology. Well, Congratulations! Look, you got to take the risk because the food system right now, the global food system, is broken. Uh, yeah. Technology is absolutely essential because it's just not enough. As the world evolves, there's just not enough protein to go around. The demand for we're not going to meet the the world demand for protein. So it's sustainability. So. It's all the issue. It's sustainability. Client. It's everything. You know. And uh, yes, congratulations on everything you're doing and everything you're achieving. And uh, yeah. we're going to end the podcast very shortly. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to ask one, one, one other question. Is there anything you'd like to share about the organization or anything you'd like to share that I didn't ask that you think is important uh, that you'd like to share? Um, um, I mean, if I can promote something, we're, course, we're fundraising right now. So if people are, 
are of interested, course. they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Um, Robin Simser. And also we're constantly hiring um, uh, for good engineers, for instance, or food technologies. And otherwise, yeah, also hoping to bring the fillet to, to the US soon so, or Canada. So if it's there's any North American food distributors or stuff, would would love to get in touch and learn how how you think we can best tackle the US market because it's or the, the North American market because it's not an easy one for sure. And we need to uh, get the right strategy there. It's not. You know what? On the podcast, we show the link, we show your LinkedIn, we show all the links as well. So the Fantastic. links will be there. So people see the links. And this is this podcast, well, I'm headquartered in, in Canada. So there'll be mm-hmm. there will be people watching the podcast or listening to it that are distributors. Perfect. That are, that are but sometimes I gotta shake the Canadian. <laughs> you know, uh, you know? Very good. Cool. Really yeah. It's all yeah. the innovation. I got a funny feeling two years from now we'll be looking back and saying, geez, how how have things evolved? You know, yeah, hundred percent, uh, especially in this field. Oh, it's 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 incredible. Look, thank you for everything you're doing. I'm very, I'm very grateful for for mm-hmm. for everything you're doing with X Prize and and everything you're doing with innovation and food because you're solving you're gonna you're solving a major problem that is going to come back. If we, don't, if we don't do it, it's going to come back to bite everybody. And uh, yeah. it's super important. And good luck. Also, I wish you congratulations on being a finalist, and I wish you good luck with the the, the X Prize journey. As you move towards mm. towards the finalist phase, I wish you and your team all the best. You know what I mean? Thanks very much, Bruce. That means something to me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And have Thanks. a great flight. By the way, we did this between flights. He was waiting for a flight, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> so uh, we get things done around here. And I really appreciate okay. you, you, you taking the time to do this. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Bruce. Bye-bye. Thank Stay you. on a moment. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.